Hello, and welcome to Fresh Growth, a podcast by the Western SARE program that's sustainable agriculture research and education. Just for background, Western SARE is funded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Institute of Food and Agriculture to promote sustainable farming and ranching across the American West through research, education, and communication efforts like this podcast. We are preparing for our third season, which will launch on February 1st. In the meantime, we are sharing special podcasts produced by students in Washington State University's Introduction to Agricultural and Food Systems class. The students interview producers and ag leaders on a variety of topics. We hope you enjoy and learn from their work. My name is Mackenzie. I am here with my group members, Martha, Kaylee, and Matthew. We are all students at Washington State University. And today we're going to be talking about no-till production practices. Tilling the soil has been a prominent practice in farming for many years. However, recently it's come to our attention and the attention of many farmers and agriculturalists that tilling your soil may be doing more harm than good. Today we are here with Alan Druffel, who can give us some insight on the fact of the matter concerning no-till farming. Alan, on behalf of our members here, we'd like to extend a warm welcome to you and thank you for taking the time to meet with us. I'm gonna pass the mic to you, Alan, so you can give us a brief introduction of yourself and what you do. Perfect, well, thank you. And thank you guys for having me. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to work with uh, the universities in our area and because it's a joint effort to promote soil health and, and conservation practices. So I'm a fifth generation farmer. Uh, we have the opportunity to live in the homestead we, we homesteaded our farm in 1876 and, and have been on the same ground ever since. Our farm has expanded quite a bit, both uh, in acres and geographically. We, we're very diverse. We farm about 50 miles from one end of the farm to the other uh, in, in significantly different rainfall zones. Uh, Dad started with no-till in the mid-1990s. And so we've, we've been at it for about 30 years. He at that time, you know, they didn't really know what they were doing. And, and so it was kind of a guessing game. And uh, they were they were leaders in this arena at that time. And so they, they got together with a group of farmers and started buying equipment and trying different things. And then in the early 2000s, about 2002, 2003, uh, we bought our own equipment and converted our farm to 100% no-till. Uh, and been doing it since. Uh, we thought, really thought in the early stages, no-till was the silver bullet. That was what was going to change our farm. And as we got farther into no-till, there were challenges uh, and there, there were bright spots, but, but we realized that it's only a piece of the puzzle. And, and with no-till, now we started working on much more diverse crop rotations and perennial crops and changing our fertility practices and and looking at the soil biology, not just the soil chemistry. And, and as we have kind of progressed, we're, we're starting to get dialed into what is improving our soil. And we're starting to see our organic matters rise and be able to reduce our synthetic uh, fertilizer inputs. And so, you know, this day, it, we're pretty proud of where we are, but there is a very long ways to go on our farm. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alan. That's awesome. 30 years of farming. Man, I can't imagine that. That's awesome. So yeah, well, I that's 
30 years of no-till. <laughs> you know, we've been doing 30 years of no-till. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. We've been farming on the same property. Uh 2026 will be 150 years. Oh wow, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'd like to start getting into some of our questions that we've got for you today. Our first question for you today is how does no-till compare to conventional farming practices and what effect does it have on your production outcome? You know, there there's some similarities between conventional farming practices and no-till farming practices. I don't really like the word conventional farming practice. It's only been conventionally farmed for about 150 years. If you look at modern American agriculture, you know, since the the era of the plow we've really only been at this for about 150 years which in it's it's a blink of an eye in, in the scheme of things and, and so to call what we're doing or what my dad did at the beginning of his career conventional that's a really hard hard term for me to accept uh and and i'm not sure no tells the exact answer that we're looking for you know, we use some of the same equipment, the same big tractors, and, and we're using the, some of the same synthetic inputs. But as far as what we're doing with soil, it's completely different. We, we're not opening that soil up every year. We leave the previous residue on the soil, the armor, and, and put the seed into the ground with as minimal disturbance as we can. And, and so we feel that we are, and we don't feel, we know that we're rebuilding our soil and introducing biological activity and some organic matter into it. As far as production results, it's been varied. Um, in the beginning when we were learning essentially just, you know, how to use the equipment, there, there were some struggles and we saw a dip in our production, but we're back uh, producing as much or more than a, a conventional farming system. We're, we also have to look at it as more than just a, uh, a gross production. We, we really look at a net, you know, maybe there's some times that we don't produce quite as much as that overall yield as, as a, a super high input, synthetic input neighbor, but our return is better monetarily because our, our decrease in inputs, as well as uh, our increase in, in soil health that value is really hard to quantify, but it's there and it's important. And, and as we move forward, looking at that value, as long as, as well as sequestering carbon, those two values are gonna have to be really looked at as part of the, the no-till sustainable production model. Thank you. Um, and I think that that was a perfect segue into our next question when you say that you leave soil residues and uh, you're reintroducing organic matter into your soil, does that ever cause, um, in your experience, uh, challenges in no-till farming? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and and absolutely it does. Every you know benefit from the residue comes with a, a challenge. We've ran into you know challenges as simple as the seed has a hard time growing through the residue there just gets to be so much of it uh to more complex challenges where there's uh chemical holdovers tied up in that residue that don't break down the same way as if they were buried with a conventional tillage system uh and so it's it's been a learning curve and, and we we have seen it but the the benefits 
long-term far outweigh the short-term challenges. And, and we're willing to work through a lot of these issues to get where we want to be, which is returning the soil to what it, what it once was. Uh, and I'm not sure I'll get there in my lifetime, but I, ho- I sure hope that I have a good start. That is a really good piece of information for um, people who may listen to this because it gives them a little bit more of an insight on um, how even the better alternatives to farming practices can still cause challenges in your production. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. You know, there's always going to be challenges with any production system and uh, there's going to be highs and lows in each one. So yeah, absolutely. All right, and our last question that we had here, since we're getting a little bit closer to our time, is can no-till farming be applied on a smaller scale and say a home garden for those who aren't involved in bigger productions? And if so, how, how can small homesteaders incorporate that into their individual practices? Yeah, you know, obviously I, we're, I'm pretty focused on large-scale uh, agriculture but I, I don't see any reason why it couldn't carry over into small scale. What to me, the exciting part about small scale is the ability to amend the soil in a way to really accelerate the benefits of, of a zero tillage environment for those plants. We, we work with really tight margins on really, really big acres. And so when we change something and have to spend $10, $20 an acre, that's a lot of money for us. Uh, but on a small scale, if you, you spend, you know, $50 an acre, which uh, most small scale is not even going to be an acre on, on the home garden, it's going to be, you know, an eighth of an acre. And you can amend it with things like the, you know, WSU has a wonderful organic compost that, that we've even put in our fields. Uh, but again, it, it priced us out, but where you could amend with that, uh, it would be fantastic. And in, in to be able to watch the biology come to life in that accelerated manner and, and start producing healthier crops. And it would be so exciting. And then you're going to see those benefits more directly in your food, because typically you're going to be growing fresh vegetables and things that are eaten directly out of your garden. We're going into some markets that, are, that aren't direct to consumer, but they are field to consumer. So we'll go into a mill with our grain or uh, into a processing plant with our pulse crops and have hummus and flour and things like that. But in that home garden where you can uh, grow your soil and have this absolutely healthy microbiology and, and microsphere under the soil to grow those healthy crops and then put them on your plate at night, that would be the ultimate reward. And no-till will absolutely work. Uh, you just, you know, there'll, there'll be a little tillage to get your your seed in the ground, poke a little hole, put your seed in, but I I don't see any reason why that wouldn't work. I think that that's really important for people to know too, that even on the smaller scale at home, you can, you can still reach the benefits that bigger productions use or maintain with their more sustainable approaches to their production. And I think that people can hear this and really be inspired to take action on their own land so that across many geographical areas, more people are reaching those same results and overall achieving those goals of a sustainable production in their home gardens. Absolutely. 
you know, it doesn't take one person to change the world. It takes us all doing a little bit. And, and the home gardens are going to be an amazing start for that. Uh, and as us, as, as large scale producers, we need to rise to the challenge and lead that movement. Change is going to take everybody. And it's important for me on my farm to, to help drive that. I'd like to extend a thank you again for meeting with us today and giving us all of this valuable information about no-till and sustainable approaches to gardening and farming. And I really admire your family for how long that they've been using your guys' land for production. That's really incredible. And you guys, it sounds like you guys are doing really incredible things there. So thank you again, Alan, for meeting with us and we appreciate the valuable insight and we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Fresh Growth. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information on Western Sayre grants and our learning resources, visit westernsayre.org.